Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you master practical skills so your church can worship without distraction. I'm your host, Dylan Young, and today I'm joined with John Montana from San Antonio, Texas. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Thanks for asking. How you doing? I am doing well. Well, I'm glad you're here, and I know that our listeners will be too. Um, but John is the worship leader at Faith Outreach Center International alongside his wife, and I'm getting to know John at the same time as y'all who are listening. So, John, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your family? And I want you to give me one reason that you love leading worship. Awesome. Um, well, i am been married for 18 years. It's not quite 18. This December, it'll be 18 years. And um, we have um, never dated. We never dated before we got engaged. Uh, my wife and I were friends along with my brother and her sister, and we would sing together. And um, one day it just became more. We was strictly friends, um, which was really cool. I thought it was really cool because um, you don't put up a lot of the fronts. You know how you put up a lot of the fronts. You put your best face you know, forward, your best foot forward. So we never mm-hmm. did that. We just knew each other as friends. And when we became more... We already knew all that stuff, and so I'm not saying it didn't. There was not a lot of drama to work through. Of course, there was, as there always is. But um, to this day, we're super good friends. We love each other. Marriage is amazing. Like I mentioned to you before, marriage is amazing. Um, I've got three kids. One's 26. One is about to be 17, and the other one is nine. So they're really stretched apart. Uh, it's a little bit of my, about my life. We I've been leading worship since I've been probably around 13 years old. Um, I've been at the church that I'm at on and off for about 30-something years. Um, a lot of things in between here and there where the Lord really started to um, teach me quite a few things about worship, about the church, about His people, about a lot of that stuff. Well, maybe we'll get into some of that, but... Um, that I've been at that church there for, for a good while. Um, one of the reasons I love to lead worship is that um, I guess I'm reminded of Revelation where um, you see the picture of, of the Father and the Son, and they're seated upon the throne, and over and over and over and over they sing, Holy, 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 Holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, who is to come. And... Um, I think when I meet people who are true worshipers, who are, um, like Jesus says, he says that, you know, that the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth, Um, not here on this mountain or on that mountain. I think when I, usually when I find those people, um, they are in cat, just, just captured by the presence of the Lord and nothing else makes them happy. That's where they want to be. They want to be in his presence. Um, and so that's why I love to lead worship. Um, I love to be in the presence of the Lord. And even if someone else is leading and the Holy Spirit is there, His manifest presence is there, um, man, there's nothing like it, man. If I could just be a part of it, like David says, if I could just be a doorkeeper at your house. Um, so that's why I love it. Yeah, man, I feel the same way. I think, you know, what's crazy is that your oldest kid is actually like a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Yeah, how old are you? <laughs> I'm 24. 
Okay, 24. Yep. yep, turn 24 in October. Well, then I'll call you son for the rest of this interview. Okay, that works. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't feel like I'm talking to somebody that like could be my dad, so that's interesting. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. I should have scrolled down before we got to this part. See, those are the kind of parts we cut out. Oh, yeah, good, cool. <laughs> All right. Now I'd like to know, uh, how did your journey as worship leader begin? Which I guess you kind of already did that. Maybe you could go a little more into depth with that. Kind of like yeah. in the beginning. Let me ask um, that again. My brother is more of a main singer than I am. I was never really the main singer. What I was, was the, was the instrumentalist. And I also had a unique heart of worship, um, that, that, you know, I will say this, that, um, the scripture says that, um, that that God gives you both the will and also the power to do it. And so I never believed that like the gift of worship that was given to me was something that I conjured up. I always believed that it was a gift uh, based upon the scriptures that God like places inside of people. And so I say that to obviously not glory in the gift that, you know, is inside of, of people, um, including myself, but, um, I always had the ability to, uh, the sensitivity um, even to hear, the sensitivity to, to understand a feeling and kind of go with it. So I did that a lot on the, on the musical side, and my brother was more of the main singer. Well, my brother, um, he, he stopped singing with us for a good long while. He went through a, a, a season of prodigal. And so a lot, when that happened, um, we didn't have a main singer anymore. And so I started to take over and, um, but I, I mean, I was singing background, some stuff and, you know, kind of like that. So I started around 13, really, really started, um, individually leading worship when I was probably about 17, 18, 19, somewhere around there and have been doing it since. Is that what you asked me? Did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that was good. <laughs> cool. Your story is kind of similar to mine. So I was on the worship team under Cade for mm -hmm. years. I think I probably started when I was 12 or so. Mm -hmm. And I was playing bass guitar uh, for, I don't know, six, seven years. And then it came to the point that Cade knew God was leading him to become the lead pastor of the church. Mm -hmm. And so it was the question of who's going to be the worship leader whenever I step into that role. Mm hmm and I didn't have like dreams or aspirations of being a worship leader at, at that point. Mm -hmm. But when the time came, it's like, I knew as well that that's where I was supposed to be. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. And so it was helpful that like one, I'd been on the worship team for mm -hmm. a long time. And so everybody knew me really well. It was still mm -hmm. a weird transition for them, but Cade mm -hmm. handed me a really, a really good team that was very well organized and it was like an easy transition for me. So I was really blessed in that way. Cool. Before I became worship leader, I really didn't even sing that much on the stage. I mostly just played mm. bass. So mm. that was an interesting transition too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing with me. I play, my main instrument is a guitar, but when another worship leader, he was uh, he went to go tour with a, a Christian band. And um, so I had to pick up keys. And so I started playing when I was about 18. And, um, you know, now the dynamic between the two instruments, you know, between the guitar and the keyboard um, is just completely different, and I'm super blessed that I, that I was able to um, learn to play both. They both bring an extremely different dynamic, yeah. And I'm able to fill both of those roles, and not only that, but those who are coming up under me, I'm able to show them kind of where we're going, 
um, and help them along to say, okay, walk the same path, you know, even as Paul says, you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Um, and so it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah. Those are helpful instruments to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what kind of instruments do you have on your worship team? We've got uh, acoustic guitar. That's me. We've got a keyboard player, phenomenal keyboard player. We've got a drummer. Um, we've got a guitar player. Um, we had a bass player. They just, um, I, I think maybe because of the COVID thing, possibly, um, they kind of bowed out for a while. Uh, but And then we've got um, my wife singing. Um, she's a co-worship leader. She, she'll do her own thing kind of not with us singing, you know, leading songs or whatever. Then we have maybe about four or five backup singers. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. I wish I had that much, that many singers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's usually just me and then Cade's wife, Beth, oh, okay. who was his assistant worship leader. And now she's kind of mine. So she fills mm-hmm. that role for me as well. But yeah. I wish I had six. <laughs> Is that how many you said you have total? Yeah, there's, 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 um, there's about five or six and we just, my brother just, um, in like I believe like the move that the Lord is doing in this time because I do believe it's a it's a move of the Holy Spirit which is causing people to come back to him it's almost like a repentance he was one of those and after 18 years he came back and said um, my life is no longer my own and and I'm you know following Jesus with all my heart so we're really excited to reintroduce him back into the into the the worship fold if you will yeah. Uh, Cause man, he's, he's a killer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'm sure everybody will be excited when that happens. Yeah. We're excited, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Do you guys use backing tracks at all? No, no backing tracks. No? That's okay. Old school musicians, man. I know younger guys like you guys, I'm sure you guys use them too, but a lot of people do, but a lot of the older guys are like backing checks, please. That's how they are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we found them. We implemented them whenever we uh, went through a season of not having a full team. Right. And right. so we used them to fill in those positions that we didn't mm. have. Yeah. And makes sense. we just kind of kept them on. And they are really useful for like if somebody is missing, because we only have like one person for each position mm. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, like, if our bass guitar player is not there on a mm-hmm. Sunday, it's not super stressful mm-hmm. on her to, you know, mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then we- that, uh, our keyboard player, he's really proficient, and so he'll play bass with his hand, with his left hand, and he's playing, mm-hmm. you know, rhythm with his right. And we also have, I'm sorry, we have one more keyboard player as well. And so we just make it work. And the way that my wife and I worship, um, we we kind of linger a lot, so mm-hmm. it's not uncommon for us to do one song for ten minutes, fifteen. I could probably even do it for twenty, twenty five minutes, you know. Yeah. Um, so backing tracks don't, you know, um, they don't, they don't work in that situation or maybe they do. I've heard some people say that they do, but you have to always consistently be on them. But yeah, we found a way to have a little bit of flexibility, but it's still mm-hmm. like, you're still a little tied down. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is we usually have a moment like that at the very end where like the last song is more unscripted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so what I'll do is I'll put a pad in the backing track that's the same key as what the third song was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that just kind of goes in the background mm-hmm, to kind of fill in mm-hmm. space and then mm-hmm. we can just fill in from there but it mm-hmm, works pretty cool. good for us cool all right well a journey isn't a journey without some failures and roadblocks along the way the truth is we all make mistakes and they seem really heavy until you realize that every worship leader makes mistakes even the big ones so share with us a story where things didn't go quite as planned 
You know, the journey to even to the place where we currently are um, moving through worship has been tough. It's been really, really tough. Probably about 10 years ago, the Lord called me into pastoralship and um, he gave me some specific instructions. He said, don't start a church. Don't think you know what it is. Don't go and do this. Don't do this. Don't, and, and I kind of didn't listen. My heart um started to, to, to dream. I'm a dreamer. And so my heart started to dream in those areas. And really what it, what it caused me to do is it caused me to experience a lot of pain um, because um, the church today, in, today's, in today's, I guess, United States, I can only speak for what, what I see and what I know. I don't know if it's the same way around the world, but um, I believe that they have succumbed to certain things that the enemy has given them. So um, I guess without trying to get too specific, I'm trying to, trying to stay a little vague on purpose. Um, it really caused my heart to want to change, to cause change. Um, but I did it the wrong way. I, tried to do it by force. I tried to do it by influence um, because I was a, a, um, a big position in the church. And so I tried to move things the way that I wanted them to move. And uh, it just didn't work out. It caused me a lot of bitterness, a lot of resentment um, up to a point where I didn't even want to be sitting in the church. I would finish our worship set. I would finish the worship set and I'd go outside and I'd weep. And I'd say like, Lord, like what's going on? Like what, you know, we're just, we just want to follow you. We just want your presence. And um, I think that there was a combination of both, a combination of a growth that needed to occur in me and also a growth that needed to occur within the general body of Christ. And we're still walking that out, still working that out. But eventually what it had to come to was a crash for me um, probably about three years ago where I didn't leave the Lord or anything like that. Um, but I was, on, I was like at my end, at my wits end saying like, I have no idea what to do. Um, and so the Lord started to gently take me and walk me through that and bring me back to a place where I didn't have so much disdain for the church because I was upset with the church. I was upset with church leadership. I mean, you can see a lot of this stuff in like the book of Jeremiah. You can see um, one, of, one of the scriptures that comes to my mind. It says, um, I'll give you shepherds again after my own heart, which meant that in that particular time that the shepherds that were there didn't have the heart of God. Now, I'm not saying that about the church that I'm going to. I'm not saying that about people in general, but I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a, a far, a far stretch to say that um, it seems as though some shepherds are not interested necessarily only in sheep, but maybe interested in power and in money and in whatever, whatever gains they can gain from, you know, their power position, that position of power. So to make a longer story short, the Lord just really broke me. You really broke me, um, and I let go of everything. And I said, okay, if you want me to be a pastor, then you're going to have to make it happen because um, I can't do it. Um, if you want me to you know, be this worship person, then you're going to do it. And I really learned to depend um, solely upon the Lord, um, I mean, as much as possible at this moment because, you know, you can always be more dependent upon the mm -hmm. Lord. Um, so it's just been a really, really good experience. So on, we've been back at um, the worship um, leading for probably about 
almost a year. In March, it'll be a, a year again that we've returned back. And we're starting to do it within the context of this church. And it's just been, my wife just said it yesterday. She said, it feels like um, years have passed in this particular um, move of the Lord. Like what you couldn't learn in five years, we've learned in a time frame of six months to eight months. So God has really just been like, you know, pushing it really, really fast. And so that's, it's beautiful. Yeah, that's awesome. I, uh, I have a similar story of, um, like discontentment, I guess, mm. which was like pretty, not too long before I became worship leader where it was at a different stage in life for me. It was like after I graduated high school and I didn't really know what the next step was, which is where a lot of graduates mm. are, you know, and I was working at a convenience store at the time, which was like, it was a great place to work, but I, I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do as a career. Mm-hmm. And because I was so discontent, like I, I was just deaf to hear like where the Lord was leading me, like mm-hmm. the next step he wanted me to take. And it wasn't until I went to Bible school uh, here in Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, that I had a class called Submission and Authority, mm. <laughs> which woo, that's quite the class, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, the class just really helped me to get over myself and mm-hmm. to get rid of that discontentment. And that's whenever I was able to, you know, hear the Lord and how he was leading me. And it wasn't too yeah. long after that that I became worship leader. Yeah, it's interesting, man, because I think discontentment, both discontentment, I mean, I think some discontentment is healthy um, because, say, for example, we're in the presence of the Lord, and it's really great. When you leave there, you're like, I want more. So there's a, there's mm-hmm. a minor discontentment, but you're grateful for what there is. But I think if uh, a discontentment on a whole, um, it really lacks the the trust that we're supposed to have in a sovereign God that God understands where we are. God understands where we're going and um, really even trying to work things out on your own and make things happen is a lack of faith as well, Mm -hmm. because we believe somehow that we can make something happen and we can't. And I was just telling a brother yesterday, I was telling him, man, it doesn't matter what song you have. It doesn't matter what great voice you have. Paul says, "Um, I didn't come to you with, with eloquent words. I didn't come to you with these great, arguments. I came to you with power from the Holy Spirit. And so the Holy Ghost is the one who really moves things along. And we cooperate with his Holy Spirit to say, what's next, Lord? I'm your servant, right? I'm your slave, Paul says. And and I'll go where you want me to go, whatever you want me to do, Jesus. You want me to be in the prison? I'll I'll worship you in prison. Do you want me to be in a a place of, of plenty? As Paul says, right? I've seen shipwreck. I've seen much. I've seen little. But in all things, I've learned to be content. Um, that's what I had to come to, man. I had to come to that place to say, okay, I'll do what you want me to do, man. Not man. I didn't hook cog on man. But. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. You know, there are a lot of things going on that like we shouldn't be content with as believers right now. Yeah, right. And so that was really well put. I like that. Okay. So what did you um, learn from your failure practically and what did you do to improve like going into this new season of worship leading? You know, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to say this too, like in my early years of worship leader, I mean, I, I guess we all have regrets, but one of the regrets that I had was an ideology and the ideology was, um, it's not even a bad ideology. It's somewhat true. And that is that people in positions of leadership 
Um, God has placed them there and they have people who come around them and embrace what they're doing, the vision that God has cast to them, and they help them get to that place. Um, well, because I, I, I was on the, the wrong side, you know, obviously there's two ditches on every ideology or in every precept that God gives. Um, I was on the side of that ideology that said, um, you know, you're here to help me to do what I need to do. And so I, I don't feel like I was the kindest or the most understanding, but I was young too. And I'm not going to give myself excuses, but a lot of this stuff I had to learn. I had to learn how to be more patient. I had to learn to be really a lot more pastoral, um, to see my opportunity as a leader, as Jesus says, Jesus says, if you want to be the greatest among them, you must be the chief servant. And so I started to really learn how to, how to serve people. And I could, I'm sure I could be so much better. Um, and I want to be better, you know, as the Lord um, takes me through, as Hebrew says, Hebrew says that discipline is painful for a moment, but when it comes to it, yields life. And so this is what I want for me. And, and, um, and even for, for young guys like you, um, I, 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 I don't mind telling my story so that if there's pitfalls that other worship leaders go through, um, that they can say, you know what, it's my job not to be the greatest or, hey, you serve me and serve what I'm doing. No, but instead that it's my job as a worship leader, as in a pastoral sense, to serve you um, and to love you in the way that Christ would love you. Give myself for you and, and the team, really. Did that no, answer your good. question? I don't even feel like I answered your question. <laughs> no, it was really good. But um, I wanted to know if there's like any practical steps that you take week by week to like make sure you don't get back into that, that mindset that you used to have, you know? Yeah, I would say that one of the main things is I'm, I'm more of a, I, I'm a holistic guy. I'm a big picture guy. I'm always going to the root of things. And um, as I mentioned to you earlier, probably the, the main thing is sourcing yourself in Christ. Jeremiah in the first chapter, it says, um, one of the things that Israel did was they disconnected themselves from the source of living water. And what they did was they created for themselves a, a, a cistern. They were trying to hold their own water. They were trying to be their own person. It was really idolatry. And that's what you see in the book of Genesis, first chapter of Genesis. I'm sorry, not first chapter, second, third chapter, where Adam and Eve fall. What God is telling them is God is saying, hey, here's my way and here's your way. They chose their way. And so um, I, I feel when you keep God as your source, and I'm talking like for real, not just in, in, in word, or, but in word, in deed, and in spirit, um, you learn to depend upon him. So I always say a lot, um, I give grace because I need grace. Um, I give mercy because God Almighty, I need mercy. Um, and I think when we take that general idea, um, then that causes you to pray more. It causes you to, 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 to sit in his presence more because it really, again, um, the worship leader category, it's not descriptive in the scriptures. You can't really find a description of what a worship leader is in the scriptures. However, you can find what a Christian is. And so you can see what am I supposed to look like? What does an elder look like? Because this is what we're all attaining to. Not, not the position of an elder, but the, uh, the practicalities of an elder. 
Um, I'm supposed to love. I'm supposed to be the husband of one wife. I'm supposed to be have my house and my affairs in order. I mean, if you're going to be in leadership, you're supposed to act like a Christian. I know that sounds so <laughs> basic, but it's true. If you can act like a Christian, I mean, you can walk with Jesus. Then you remember, like, I, I again, I don't have anything. And as a consistent reminder, I don't have anything to pro- provide these people unless I have the words of life, unless I have the bread of life, unless I have Jesus says in Matthew chapter five, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its flavor or its savor, what's it good for, right? And the only place that we get that, 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 that light and that salt where we can be set upon um, a pillar or a pe- pedestal so that the whole world can see us is, is by receiving the light. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's kind of like you can only lead from what what's on the inside of you. So if you're not Correct. like filling yourself up with the source, then obviously worship's not going to mm-hmm. be as good as it could be. And distractions too, Dylan. Um, I don't know if you know who Paul Washer is, but Paul mm-hmm. Washer tells a story and he says that um, a pretty big name, I forgot who the name was, but he gave him a little pa- a pamphlet. And it, I've read it before. It's really small. It's maybe like a page or two, three pages. And it says, you can't, others can, you can't. And what he's saying is he's saying, if God has particularly called you into leadership, um, there are some things that you just can't do. You can't sit and binge watch Netflix for six days out of the week and expect that God is, or that you're going to be filled with the Holy Ghost and hear from God you need to put some of that stuff away. You need to basically die to self. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's a, a, a big practical uh, way. But again, that's not, that's not specific to a worship leader. That's more like specific towards a follower of Jesus. So. Yeah. Man, you just convicted a lot of people with that one. <laughs> the Netflix. Is that good? I'll, I'll, sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That even convicted me a little bit too. I feel like I've been watching too much TV lately and it's pretty toxic. Yeah, man. It's, and and you know, even, even, okay. So you take Jesus and he's, um, he's going up to be tempted. He's led by the spirit into the wilderness. The scripture says he's God, the Holy spirit sends him there. And the three things um, that are mentioned in the scripture are lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and pride of life. And those three things are seen in that temptation. And so what I've noticed a lot, Dylan, is like what people have said a lot. If God can't, if the devil can't make you sin stumble, what he'll do is he'll make you busy. Um, Because there are so many things that God wants to speak to us as people. Um, but you know, when I work, I'll put, you know, podcasts on, or I'm listening to, um, all kinds of, um, you know, different, uh, um, political cause I love politics. And sometimes I feel like the Holy Spirit's like, look, John enough, like sit in mm-hmm. silence, even sometimes worship music. Sometimes he's like, cut it off, cut it off. Like, I want to speak to you. Worship music is great. You know, I'm, I'm a worshiper, but sometimes just sitting in the presence of the, of the Lord. Like the scripture says, it says, be still and know that I am God. You know, Jesus says, go into your, into your secret place, close the door behind you and pray to the father in secret. And 
the Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And so it, I think as a worship leader, these things are key. And that's why the worship leader isn't necessarily a, I mean, man, I, I could go into all con- kind of controversial things here, right? but I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to stay away from them. But there's a certain worship leader that doesn't care about if he's on stage. He doesn't care if he's singing. He doesn't care if, if, if the pastor takes all his worship time or if the guy who's praying takes all his worship because he's not interested in singing songs. What he's interested in is in the presence of the Lord. And if the presence of the Lord comes because the proclamation of the word or because we're in a prayer group, he doesn't care as long as he gets to be a part of it. And um, if, I, if, if I had any advice towards that, that's what I would say, man. Become a, a lover of Jesus and his presence rather than a lover of music. Music's great. I love music. Everything sings. The world as it revolves, it hums. The universe hums. And I believe that, that, that that's creation speaking of his splendor. But we don't love, uh, Romans 1 says that. It says we don't, what they did was they loved the creation rather than the creator who is blessed forevermore. I don't love the creation. I don't love the music. I like music. It's great. But it's a, a pathway for me to love the Savior. I love the Savior. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I think you just answered the rest of my questions too. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Well, I think, uh, I think we're good to wrap it up. I think you shared your story really well and gave some good uh, wisdom for those that might have been in the same shoes as you. But uh, thanks so much for sharing your story. And you know, I just believe it's going to encourage and empower someone listening, at least one person for sure. Cool. Um, but if you don't mind, I'd like to end this podcast just by saying a quick prayer for the worship leaders listening. Um, I can go first and then I'll, I'll let you rip it after that. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> well, Lord, we just thank you. Um, I just pray for everybody listening to this podcast that if they're struggling with discontentment of any sort or if they're struggling with pride as as a leader, God, that you would just that you would reveal that area of their life to them where they need to bring it before you and surrender it. And God, I just pray that over me and John as well, that you would just um, help us to be fully surrendered servants, God, that are just there to worship you. We're not there to perform or to have any kind of eyes on us. God, just help us to be worship leaders that lead a service where you're the only thing that people see. You're the only thing that people hear. God, it's all about you. And we just love to be in your presence. And uh, we just love to worship you, God. You're so good. Father, your word says that all things were created for your pleasure, for, for your goodness, God, to, to really magnify who you are. This, this starts with you. God, if, we, if you weren't amazing and if you weren't Lord of all, then what would we sing about? We'd have nothing to sing about, God. And so, Father, as Dylan mentioned, Lord, um, our hearts are for other worshipers around the world. Your word says every tribe and every tongue, every nation, God would give you praise, would sing toward you, God. And so this is the desire of our heart. Every, my brothers and my sisters all across the world, Lord, who sing to you, who worship you, who are in charge and entrusted as the Levites were to sing to you, God, to make music melody. As, as Dylan has mentioned, Lord, 
Um, pride gets in the way a lot, especially because we're on stage because people look at us and then they tell us, oh man, that was awesome. And, and worship, man, it was so powerful today. And sometimes, Lord, we accept that glory. Sometimes we receive the glory as our own. And God, all glory belongs to you, Father. We know that, that when we do a good job, it's okay to say, oh, wow, you did a good job. And that's okay, Lord. Your word declares that. It says in the Romans that those who seek out glory, Lord, immortality, but not glory for ourselves, Lord, glory for you, because one day we will lie down or lay down our crowns, every crown that we have, every good that we've done, we'll lay it at your feet, God, and, and your holy fire will show whether it was good or bad whether we did it with wrong motives or correct motives. And so, Father, I pray, as we've prayed and we've talked about today, God, that you would be supreme in our lives, that you will be what we sing for, what we adore, what we love, what we strive for, Father. I pray for every worship leader out there, God, who's listening to the sound of our voices, Lord, me and Dylan's, God, that they would fall in love with you, God, that they would make you first in their lives and that they would just bask in your presence and that everything that flows out of that would be from the heart of the Lord. And then we will take no credit because we know we just got it from you. We just got it from our dad. We love you, Father. We bless you. Thank you for hearing our prayer. Thank you for this podcast. I pray that you bless Dylan and Cade, God, as they're seeking to do a work uh, in your kingdom. Establish your kingdom, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everyone who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you are using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. And if you have a story to share, let me know by shooting me an email at dylan at collaborateworship.com. Now go implement what you've learned in this podcast and we'll catch you next time. Thank you.